This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast, the podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Here's your host, Brandon Bourgeois. to another episode of the Team Stripes podcast. This is episode number 17. And on this episode, we are really, really lucky to have probably somebody with one of the most impressive refereeing resumes I've ever seen. His name's Keith Caval. He's worked in the American Hockey League, the Continental Hockey League, the ECHL, the WHL, the OHL, NCAA, the OHA, uh, the Danish Professional League. He's also worked six IIHF World Championships an AHL All-Star game. Keith, have I left anything out? No, I, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty good. There's, there's, there's a couple of the, the funk leagues. The Central Hockey League, which was a great league based in uh, based in Texas in the South. Uh, there was that. And I also did the old uh, old United League, old school Rock'em Sock'em uh, uh, hockey. And I was a pretty young referee, so I learned a lot there. And uh Lucky to survive that. I think I had a guy swing a stick at me one game and just missed my head. And basically, was told if I would have called more penalties, maybe the guy wouldn't have been upset. So uh, it was the kind of it was it was that kind of hockey and that kind of place. But uh, you know, you learn a lot, obviously, and uh, it's a real test for uh, for the young guys. So I mean, it was a good experience, but uh, I certainly don't miss that place. So how on earth did was it? Were you somebody that just you couldn't stay in one spot for very long? Is that how you you got this big resume or? Or how did that all kind of come about uh, here? You, you know what? Like back in the day, like I mean, I was I was fortunate enough. Like when I when I got into USA Hockey's uh, officiating development program, um, it basically would, would would for a better term would farm us out. I was skating uh, college club stuff for them, or I was just getting into the Central League and get my feet wet with uh, Wayne Bonnie was running the league. So basically, I was. You know, if I was working for the ODP at the time, I was going anywhere and everywhere they uh, wanted me to go. And even to the fact my, my last season as an official uh, involved in the ODP, I worked 135 games throughout all those different leagues. And uh, I'll be honest, I don't know if that was my best for 135 games. There was <laughs> some nights where I, I, I probably got... Uh, you know, you go back to the hotel and you think you're in room 102 and you're actually should be in 201, right? Like, you just constant travel, the constant grind. That was kind of the way back then, you know, and you kind of just trusted the process and you tried to gain as much experience and, and knowledge as you could and, and you leaned on your, uh, you know, you leaned on your fellow officials for that. So, I mean, I don't know if guys are really banging out as many games like that nowadays. I, I, I look at it now, I, I couldn't imagine trying to trying to skate 135 games right and, and maybe if it was all four men that would have been one thing but a majority of those games back then were all three men right so i mean it was it was that challenge in itself depending on the level and the caliber of hockey and coming back i mean to the start of your career i mean how did you get involved with officiating in the first place was it something that you were kind of brought up with were you a former player like what's what's the story there yeah you know i was, I was typical right like i was a goaltender and I, I looked up to, to Ron Hextall, the Flyers, right? And I think some of the, some of the guys will remember. He was kind of a nutcase, right? And swinging his stick, and he was just real fiery. I mean, awesome goaltender, but he was, you know, he was a little nuts at times, too. And 
I can remember being combative, right? Because I, I basically tried to mimic everything he did. And, you know, there was times where I'd get into referees. And obviously, I, I never wanted to be a referee at the time. You know, I remember taking a blocker to a kid's head and, you know, doing stupid stuff. And I, I can remember, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is, if this is, you know, I just didn't like officials, right? And I can remember, like, good friend of mine, Ray King, kind of come up to me the one the one year. He's like, hey, you, you're interested in officiating. I'm like, ah, I don't know. And he's, like, he's like, why don't you give it a try? And I was like, ah, you know, some of our local guys, I, I didn't think they were very good. I'm like, oh, this piece of cake, I'll give it a try. So here I am. I, go, I remember going on the ice when it was yesterday, and I had my goalie skates on, right? And, like, back in the day, right, you never got, really got your goalie skates sharp. And I remember just sliding around. I mean, I probably looked like a goof out there, these big white cowling skates. And I remember trying to get to the blue line. We're working a two-man system, and people are screaming, and I'm trying to blow the whistle, and I'm trying to figure out everything, and I'm falling down. I'm like, I am just a disaster. So I, I, I think probably after a couple of my initial games, I really i am like, wow, you know, I – I really gained serious perspective and respect for, for those officials because it was just like it was mind-blowing, right? Like, there's just so many things to attend to. Parents screaming at you, coaches screaming at you, and I'm just like, wow, okay, I guess uh, I guess this is going to be a little bit more of a challenge than I thought. But uh, honestly, I, like, I, like, I fell in love with it. I Just the fact that it was an opportunity for me to make some extra money on the side and just kind of, you know, I, I really like the fact that over time I got to gain a rapport with the coaches and, and my other officials. And, you know, when you start getting some better games and you start getting, you know, you earn that, earn that respect. And something that I tell my guys now, right. I, I think this game is built on respect and mm-hmm. I think it's, it's important to know your place in the game. Right. And, um, that was something that I learned, um, from, from some mentors back here, uh, you know, growing up, and, and that's something I still believe today. I mean, even though the game has drastically changed um, in some ways, good and bad, I honestly think that's that's the case, right? Our, our, we're, we're a small part of the game, but I think we're an important part of the game because, you know, if we can handle handle our business, I know the teams are able to play better, and it's, 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 it's an overall better uh, situation for everyone. But that's, that's how basically I got started, and it just kind of – kept plugging along. I was still playing on the side and I was kind of, you know, being, being a goaltender uh, from Pennsylvania, right. I was just, and I went to, went to the local prep school here, played pretty well. It was pretty good for the area. Um, went up to Canada after I graduated with the hopes of, you know, getting seen and hopefully trying to earn a scholarship and um, being an import great right, in the Canadian league that kind of bounced around like a bingo ball. Right. It was just, it was kind of hard to latch on and, just like me with my, my leagues I've officiated, I was kind of all over the place as, as a goaltender, right? And it got to a point where, uh, you know, I, I was like, you know what, maybe maybe this is a time to kind of settle down. I, I can remember being 20 years old and my dad suddenly passing away. And I just, I kind of lost the, kind of lost the fire to play, right? But the, the, the officiating, the, the local guys kind of brought me back on to, to work some, some higher level hockey and, uh, kind of just took off from there, you know, fortunately, you know, going to, uh, you know, going to a USA hockey camp where they, they basically had uh, back in the day, it was a regional camp, they called it. And they took the, the 26 guys from the East and 26 from the West. And uh, I remember going to Burlington, Vermont, and it's essentially 
at the time, it felt like a boot camp, right? You get up early every morning, you're running a couple miles, and then uh, power skating, classroom, and then uh, at night you'd be uh, you'd be skating games, and you'd get feedback from some of the top uh, instructors and uh, officials in the country at the time, and uh, kind of where I got noticed, fortunately, and uh, USA Hoss kind of put me uh, put me kind of fast forward me in, into you know trying to get into some more junior hockey and. That's kind of where everything kind of took off for me. So I mean, I'm I'm pretty fortunate to, to be able to go to that camp. And quite frankly, I, I think as of today, I might me and maybe one other guy out of those 26, 28 guys are still still officiating, right? So it's uh, it, it means a lot to, to, to still be uh, still be going. But obviously, there's some other opportunities for me uh, that are that are coming up now uh, in the future. So at what point in your career did you think, hey, I could really make a living out of this? Was it when you started? after your playing days and getting into these development programs or when did you kind of flick that switch in your mind? You know, you start getting a little bit of success, right? Like I did the tier two national championship final and, uh, got graduated up to the USHL, which was better hockey and just had the opportunity to work the Clark cup at, at the time, which is their, you know, their championship or, you know, their Memorial cup, if you will, for the Canadian listeners. And, you know, I just started just, progressing right and you start getting seen by NHL supervisors and officiating managers are coming in to see you and you know I, I graduated to Central Hockey League and basically I was full-time there with Wayne Bonney and just basically took me under his wing and uh, that was probably it's a tough 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 kind of transition right because you're like a big fish in a little pond when you're the top guy in junior hockey and now all of a sudden you know you're in minor pro hockey and you essentially, you got to earn earn respect and you got to earn your keep all over again. Like, no one really knows you. You know, I skated a little bit part-time pro hockey before I got to, to a full-time position there, but it's uh, it was a grind, right? The travel was a grind, and not only are you trying to earn the team's respect, but you're, you're also trying to earn the staff's respect because those guys are pretty much their head here, right? Like, at the time, uh, NHL referee Freddie Lacue was there, right? And a couple other guys, Gordy Dwyer was there before us, and you know, they the Central League had a good thing going with the National Hockey League. They had some hires, and you know, Freddie was there when I was there, and then Freddie was the next one to get hired. So, you know, they uh, the National League saw it as, as a good place to develop and learn, and uh, you know, I kind of embraced that. And I, I think once I had that, I was like, oh, you know, maybe maybe there's a chance or an opportunity to to, to continue this and to, to grow into something bigger. I mean, honestly, when I started, I, I never thought, you know, National Hockey League or or bust, right? I, I can still remember being in a car with, with a fellow official and we're, we're doing a USHL trip and the kid looks at me dead in the eye and he's like, I'm the National Hockey League, I'm going to kill myself. And like, buddy, that's a little extreme, right? And, uh, you know, to this day, he didn't make it. I think he's still alive somewhere in Minnesota. I hope, God bless you if you are, Jim. But, uh, you know, it was, it was one of those things, right? I was like, oh, I was like, I, I never thought of it like that, right? I just, I think I believed in the progression and I believed in the, in the journey, right? I figured if you continue to work hard and continue to move up and, and move on, that there would be opportunities, right? So, I mean, for me, it was just embracing that. I, I you know, I can't say enough about the experiences that I had and the people I worked for, right? I mean, after the Central League, I had an opportunity to, to, to move back home to Erie, Pennsylvania and, and work Worked the ECHL for at the time when former NHL boss Brian Lewis and uh, Joe Ernst was just kind of like an apprentice to him. So they gave me that opportunity. I could move home and 
I was skating a little bit of American League, and ECHL took me some time really to get uh, used to what was going because, I mean, the hockey, the caliber of hockey was so much better. You know, you had way more affiliated teams with the, with the National League, so there were some talented players there, but, I mean, also it was still rough and tumble, right? But once again, right, you just basically start all over again where you have to you know, earn respect and, and earn credibility, right? And it's no different than a younger official with, you know, whether it's Squirts or Adam or, 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 or Midgets, right? You, it's constantly a process, right? And it's just about buying into it and, and really trying to just be honest and, and being, you know, a good teammate to, to, to the other officials on staff. But, you know, being on the ice, being a good communicator and just working hard night in, night out, and really trying to prove yourself. So you talk about, you know, you worked, you worked the minor pro leagues. You had a lot of success there. You start getting some traction. You, you mentioned you got into the American League where it was working a few games. Obviously, you got some phone calls to work world championships. I mean, talk about making that transition to really working, you know, those top-tier professional leagues. I mean, what was that like? What, do you have some special memories looking back at, at your time? No, no, absolutely, right? Like working, you know, working a Kelly Cup final, that meant a lot. Um, you know, that was funny. The ECHL, the ECHL, uh, my hometown, Erie, Pennsylvania, we had one of the founding teams, right? The, the Erie Panthers back in the day. And I can remember as a kid going to games and I, I can remember yelling at the referees, right? And it's funny, right? Like kind of everything comes full circle. I remember yelling at Joe Ernst as an official on the ice. And then the next thing you know, he's my boss, right? And he's the guy that, uh, you know, believed in me enough to, to give me an opportunity to skate the Kelly Cup final. And I earned my way there. And it's kind of like your graduation, right? I, I, basically graduated double A hockey and um, pretty much, you know, went on to went on to the American League to skate a regular full boat, which was great and had the opportunity to see a lot of good guys, right, that are that are up in the show right now and, and you learn from them and I think like I said before, the, the constant thing everyone imparted me was just being a good team, teammate regardless, right? Like all of us we always don't get along but, you know, for that sixty minutes, right, I think it's important for us to be, you know, a good teammate. And, you know, on the on the flip side, right? I got into the Double IHF, and it was an amazing experience of being able to travel the world. Essentially, you know, I didn't remember doing my first like under eighteen Division One tournament. I was over over in Poland, and uh, the previous year, the Czech Czech team got they got relegated. And when you get relegated, right? Like they were they're primarily in the top division with USA, Canada, Russia, et cetera, Sweden. And uh, they got relegated, and I can remember uh, Ratko Gudis was, was playing for the Czechs. And they're playing against teams like that, Kazakhstan, uh, Slovenia, Poland, like all, you know, all these lower-level countries. And I remember they are just kicking the crap out of like 16 nothing, And then, you know, Ratko, how he hits down the National League was no different and how he hit back then, he was just a ton of bricks, just blowing people off. So it was funny just to get that taste of that hockey and then, uh, you know, go to the regular under-18s and kind of cool to be on TSN, you know, and, and see in Canada. You know, looking back at the rosters and, like, Ryan O'Reilly's playing and, you know, the Jordan Everly's and, you know, doing the World Juniors there the, the following year in Saskatoon. And that was a fun year just for the fact that I got to earn the bronze medal game and, it was uh, Sweden, Switzerland, and I, I could just remember Sweden just killing them. Like, you know, Niederreiter was 
was running around for Switzerland on half because I think they lost. I think they lost like eleven to one, twelve to one. So as cool as it was to be in that game, it was kind of anticlimactic at the end of the tournament for for that kind of finish. But you know, fortunate enough again that the following year to to, to be back at the World Juniors and uh, played in Buffalo, obviously. And I know a lot of Canadian fans remember it was uh, Canada Russia in the final. You know, Canada is up. You know, three nothing going into the third, and uh, the building was probably nine nine point nine percent Canadian fans. It was a sea of red. The place was rocking, and uh, Russia just came uh, came out of nowhere there, right? The third period, and end up winning five to three, and no one ever mentioned anything about us. It, the officiating wasn't an issue, right? Like the teams played, and you know. Unfortunately for Canadian fans, you know, the better team won that night and just the Russians were just on point there in that third period. So, I mean, those are some special memories and, and moments and having that opportunity and, you know, a couple tournaments obviously there in North America. But then again, you know, fortunate enough to skate, uh, you know, over in Europe doing two uh, world, world championships in Stockholm and Helsinki and then uh, obviously finishing up in, in Belarus, right? So, just truly, uh, truly honored and blessed to be able to represent my country, and uh, and it's just you know awesome to work with guys around the world that you know lifelong friendships that you get to work with these guys and meet these guys. And, um, it's pretty pretty special, you know what I mean. At the end of the day, like we all might speak different languages, but we all share the same passion, and I think that was you know that's something I'll hold and treasure for the rest of my life, uh, even when I'm done with hockey. No, that's great. I, I love that. That's, that's a really cool experience. And even coming back to that game, I think a lot of people, I know I remember that game, the Russians and the Canadians. And, I, you know, I remember watching the game and you get that sort of feeling in your stomach as soon as, you know, the Russians get a goal and it gets closer and closer. And all of a sudden, Canada basically dropped the ball. I mean, as a referee, could you could you sense things were kind of shifting in that game where all of a sudden you, you saw Russia kind of take Canada to task? Yeah, absolutely. Like You could just feel it. And I can remember I was Russia just made it three to two. And I can remember looking at the Canadian bench for the line change, right? And Dave Cameron, who I, who I, I believe is in the national league right now, I think at least as a, as an assistant, he was coaching the team at the time. And I was looking at him because I, I had experience with him. He was coaching in the OHL before then. And, uh, I, and I knew him pretty well. And I was kind of looking at my, looking at my kind of whispered, right? I said, Hey, Dave, time out. And he kind of just, he just sent out his five guys, right? And I'm like, okay. And, uh, no lie, I think it was another additional 20 seconds after we dropped that puck. Then I look over and he's like, yeah, time out. And I just, it's kind of funny. I could, I could feel it. And I don't know if the fans or the team could feel it as well, but I'm like, I think it's too late. Like I just, there was so much, so much momentum that the Russians had that it was just, it, it was like a snowball, right? And it just turned into an avalanche. And, and I mean, I've, I've never, never witnessed anything like that where the place was bedlam for 40 minutes and then the final 20 like you could hear a pin drop in that place in buffalo right in 19,000 like i said and a majority of the fans were all pro canada and it was just like wow like i i couldn't first i couldn't believe it right like obviously i don't have a rooting interest but it was like you know when you work a game like that i think the only thing you want in your heart is a clean finish right you don't want anyone talking about the officiating or, or what it might have taken from the game or if there was anything controversial or missed or, or something like that. And I think that was the proudest moment that, you know what, the teams played and, and we we basically, uh, you know, we kind of stood back and called what we needed to call, but they just played hard. They played hockey and 
it was a crazy, crazy final for sure, right? I, I, I didn't perceive that, especially being, you know, Canada being up 3-0. So it was, uh, that's something I'll never forget. Talking about, I mean, obviously that game would have been, would have been played on North American ice, but I think like a lot of our listeners out there, you know, if we're lucky, we get to work some international games, but for a lot of us, we don't. And I'm wondering if you, if you could talk about, you know, maybe that experience of working those international games. I mean, like, you know, is there, is there a difference to you between working that North American style and working that European style? Like, did you make that, did, were you able to make that transition well? And like, could you talk about maybe, you know, you know, maybe how it's different from the North American style? No, absolutely. Like, so my first, you know, after, after I graduated from the world juniors, right, I get to, you know, got to go to the world championships there and, in Stockholm and Helsinki, they basically they split the tournament uh, between the two pools, right? And kind of funny, like, kind of a lesson to officials where, you know, what maybe made you successful at the lower level, i.e. the World Juniors or whatever it may be, you know, if it's Bantam, the Midget, or what, what have you. Certainly, I learned my lesson where it's not going to make you successful if you don't work at it and adjust at the next level. And, um... <laughs> I had a game, I was skating, skating there in Stockholm at the Globen, and this is a huge, huge arena, right? And I had the privilege of doing uh, skating Sweden versus Russia. And I can remember, like, I straight dropped the puck for the first, you know, opening face-off. I look over and got Zetterberg, you had Datsuk, you had Malkin, like, all these pros, right? Like, all the guys that you watch on television, and it's like guys you are like, wow, you know, like, these are the guys like I truly want to be on the ice with on a regular basis, right? And it's it, it's something it's an amazing feeling, right? Because that, that tournament's you know two and a half, three weeks long, and you're you know depending on how the playoffs go in the National League, like it can be a star-studded event, or it you know it can be mainly just the European guys or the KHL guys or you know whatever the domestic leagues are. You know, obviously their playoffs end a lot earlier than the National League, so it's kind of a pinch yourself moment, right? And you're, I'm like, wow, this, this is crazy, you know? And we, I mean, the game was intense, man. The place sold out. And, and uh, I can remember Johan Franzen was playing for Sweden. He was, he was stirring the pot and I was working with a Finnish ref. And as I, as I said to my supervisors later, I said, you know what? There's times in the game where we can either drive the bus or we can be passengers on the bus. And you know what? I kind of got caught in the moment, let the, we let the guys play a little too much. And uh, I can remember, I think Franz and speared uh, somebody in the junk. And then uh, he took a cross check to the face and we had a match penalty. Like it was just kind of like the perfect storm, right? And that's one of those where being young and inexperienced, like you just get kind of caught in the moment. Like I think for a second, I'm not saying I was a fan on the ice, but I think I probably could have took a little bit more control of the game and, and maybe brought the temperature down. And that's a lesson to learn, right? Like, you know, I was fortunate. I, I got sent home early from the tournament. I didn't didn't make the playoff round, and obviously I was disappointed. But that's that's what I said. You know, we had a, you know, you get basically have a debriefing meeting after the after you know the tournament or before the playoffs started. They they sent some of us home, and you know they said to me, they go, "What would you do differently?" And then that's what I told them. I said, "You know what? Got to be more of a take charge guy." And you know, I, that game, for instance. Know, that that was a tough game, right? Like you learn a lot, and sometimes you learn the hard way. But it was an obstacle, right, in in, in the path and the process. But um, I'm glad it happened, right? Because you know, I, I earned a chance to come back to the 
the world championships the next year. I made the playoffs and that backed up a semifinal, right? So, I mean, it's just part of the progression. And I, I can, I can promise you I'm a better referee the next year. And I felt more comfortable, um, you know, working on the Olympic circuit, right? The game's different, the way the teams play, right? It's almost like a soccer game at times where, you know, it's on North American hockey where it's chip and chase and, you know, they're trying to blow up guys on the end wall, right? Like European teams, they'll, if they don't have something, they'll regroup. They'll, it's, it, it, it's a puck uh, control game. And, you know, it, as official, it, it, it's obviously the ice surface is huge, right? I mean, you can get lost out there, right? So it's about finding your sight lines and, and trusting your skating and being able to put yourself in the best place to see everything. But, you know, that's that progression, right? The first year I get sent home early, which, you know, I, I deserved it. I kind of looked myself in the mirror and I'm like, you know what? I want to be better. I can be better. And then the second year, like it meant a lot to, to be able to crack the playoffs. And then uh, the, that third year, you know, world championships, Belarus, like, um, I had some heaters in the games before the playoffs round and um, just was making some big calls and good calls. And I guess it's no different than a team, right? Like you're in the playoffs, you get a few bounces here or there, things are going your way. Like uh, it was just one of those tournaments where I was just seeing everything and, and, and I was fortunate in the fact that, you know, the supervisors supported what I was doing. I was working with all kinds of different partners, obviously from, from different countries. And sometimes that's a challenge in itself because, you might have a feeling about a penalty where maybe I'm kind of, you know, different about that because we all come from different leagues, right? And mm-hmm. we all have different views of the standard, right? So it was just, I was, I was fortunate. I got on a roll and I remember I worked a, worked a quarterfinal, a semifinal, and then I got selected to work the gold medal game. And, uh, you know, that's something I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life. But it was just, uh, it, I think honestly, if you think about it, like I said, it, it was just a progression. It was just learning, um, from mistakes, trying to get better and just, you know, having having some insight into yourself about, you know, what do I need to do to get better? What What's holding me back? And sometimes maybe it isn't something holding you back. Maybe it's the other official is just better than you, right? And maybe the guy has more experience. But, I mean, I always try, like I said, bring to the table to be a good communicator, even with the European teams, being able to talk to somebody because there was, you know, usually a link on the bench that could speak English, whatever. But just going out and, and being a good te- teammate, but, you know, just trying to prove yourself and, and earning the trust not only in your, your teammates, but more importantly, your supervisors and, and uh, the, you know, the top brass there on the IHS. No, I, I think that's that's a great lesson out there for referees listening that, you know, you know, it wasn't all of a sudden you went to a tournament and you had immediate success. It was, like you said, it took a year or two to get the, to get that experience and make that progression. And I think, like I said, that, that's a great lesson for referees out there. And I wanted to switch a little bit because... Uh, I'm assuming that sort of European or that's, I don't know, double IHF experience maybe had a role in you becoming the first North American referee hired into the Continental Hockey League. I'm wondering if you could talk about that experience of, of spending time in, in Russia and working as a referee over there. Yeah. You know what? It was, it was a unique, a unique opportunity. And, and you know what? I, I wasn't, uh, you know, what if this was Starbucks? It wasn't a venti cup of coffee. It might have been just a Paul. I wasn't there a very long, maybe three months. But uh, no, you know what? I got I got invited. A uh, Sasha Polakov at the time was the boss in the KHL. He was also a WHF supervisor at, at my tournament. So I mean, he was pretty pretty familiar with with, with my work and and uh, basically contacted USA Hockey and said, hey, we'd we'd like to talk to Keith about an opportunity. And, and basically, I got connected with him and. 
you know, he said, Hey, we'd, we'd love for you to come over to Russia. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I, I really didn't ever envision that. I honestly, I've never really envisioned skiing around the world, let alone the States, you know, and so, uh, you know, consultation with the family, right. To, to make a decision like that, uh, you know, I kind of looked at it both as a, as an opportunity to grow as an official and also, you know, from a financial standpoint, it was a, an opportunity for me that's been playing around the minors for a while to, to make some decent money for once. So, you know, I kind of, I kind of took that on and embraced it. Um, the tough part was by the time everything came through with the visa and, and getting everything figured out is, you know, I, most of the people know that the European leagues are way early. I mean, as a matter of fact, I think today, we're like July 3rd right now. There are guys, literally North American guys that play in the KHL are legitimately getting off planes right now, going to Russia uh-huh. to start their training camp. Like their camps are insane, right? Like they're totally old school red army. Like they're in, in, uh, you know, bosses or, or basically bases <laughs> where they'll train for another month, month and a half. And it's the, no different than the officials, right? Like they have the training camp early in August and then they train and get ready for the season. So, I mean, I, I physically didn't get there till like the middle of October. And, you know, I, it was, it was the higher ups great idea that they wanted me to catch up in my games because I had X amount of games. I think, I, I think it was 70. I think they had me for to try to, uh, to, to get my salary and legitimately, I think I got, I landed in Moscow on a Wednesday. I had my first game on uh, on a Friday, and I was on a plane or a train every other day there for the first couple of weeks trying to catch up in games. And I was just, between the time change and language barrier with some of the guys, like, it was just, wow. Like, <laughs> it was an eye-opening experience, right? And it was yeah. one of the things where I don't know in my short time if I was ever truly comfortable there. I think maybe towards the end I was feeling comfortable, but it was just, I give those guys all the props in the world for the travel and, and the things that they do because um, they earn every ruble or every penny, if you want to put it that way, because the league is so spread out. And uh, the hockey, like I said, the hockey, some of the hockey was amazing. You know, you go into St. Petersburg, I'm at Kovalchuk playing or Red Army, just great history in some of the barns and, it was just such a it's such a different world, right? And it's just such a different game. And I, you know, I I'm, I'm very lucky to be the first North American, maybe the last North American to ever go over. But uh, no, you know what? Some of the some of the guys, my teammates over there, were double IHF guys that I skated with in the past. Treated me really well. You know, they looked out for me, and um, it was funny. One of the things I asked before I got over there because. Uh, Evgeny Ramosko, who was, was here in the National League, right, as a Russian referee, mm-hmm. he kind of had like a handler. So I, I, I kind of asked KHL, I said, hey, can I please have somebody kind of help me out, take me around, right? Because I, I, I didn't speak the language, right? And mm-hmm. man, Moscow is just huge. And, you know, in the beginning, they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. We'll give you somebody. And I think I might have had maybe someone was helping me for the first weekend, but then like afterwards, like I was on my own, right? And I can, I can remember trying to take the train system and then getting lost. And here I am in downtown Moscow, which I might as well have been in like downtown New York City, but no one speaks English or no one wanted to speak English. And I, I see a sign for Starbucks. I'm like, oh, 
perfect. Someone's got to speak English in there. <laughs> I walk in there, and there's nobody that speaks English, right? And I'm like, oh, man. Like, that was just, it was such a grind off the ice that really, I think that those are the things you take for granted when you're over here, right? Like, you pretty much have an idea what other game is, you know, meet the boys at, you know, 430, We'll get uh, we'll get our Tim Hortons before the game, and then we'll we'll get in the building. Like I I had no idea going from city where I was staying that, yeah. and I was just I remember getting supervisions in Russian, and I was having the guys like read it to me because I I didn't know what they're saying. <laughs> uh, supervisors supervisors screaming at me in Russian, and I'm like, oh, that's probably not good. Like it was just it was it was it was honestly it was it was a cool experience at times, but it was also just such a grind. Um, mentally and physically right and the, my only normalcy was i was living in a courtyard marriott in downtown uh, moscow now and it was uh it was it was the courtyard pavoletskaya and interesting enough it was the host hotel for the visiting teams that were coming in to play moscow dynamo so i was finally settled in at the hotel and uh it was a saturday and uh, I think one of the teams, Nizmi Novgorod, comes in. And finally, like, there was a couple of North American players and a Swedish guy I knew from the American League. And I met those guys in the restaurant. And I was like, oh, I someone I could finally talk to, right? And they kind of joked talking about, hey, are you getting paid? And he's like, well, one guy, he just got a bag of money. And stuff. <laughs> like, all the, all, all the crazy stories that you may have heard, quite frankly, often are true. And... um you know, it was no different for me, right? Like being being a foreigner, like it took some time to get my bank cards and stuff. And I was hurting for money and I need money. And it was just like, wow, it was just, everything was, everything was a process, man. And I just kind of, you really truly appreciate the simple things in life. Like I said, right? Where if you're out in the street, you're lost somewhere. You know, I, I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have cell service. Like, it was just, if I didn't have Wi-Fi, man, I was, I was in trouble, right? So it was just, seriously, was a grind. And I, I, I really think sometimes that affects, the off-ice affects your on-ice, right? No different than, than, than being over here in North America and just such a grind, right? Like, there was some, I, honestly, like, I had some good times, but there was some real times where I was like, wow, what am I doing? Like, you know, this, is this right for me? And you know, that, that was, that was, that was a difficult decision. Right. And that's maybe probably why I only lasted, you know, a short time, but I, I certainly felt compassion for Ramosco being over here, you know, and, and trying to deal with the challenges of, of travel. And he had his family over here and didn't speak English. Like, um, you know, kudos to him for giving it a shot. Um, but I, I certainly learned and, and knew how he felt and what he went through. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a grind, man. Um, like I said, as cool as it was at times, it really, it was tough at times too. So, yeah, I mean, like, first off, I don't think you can beat half of those stories. I mean, that, I think even your three months there, by the way it sounds, I mean, just the stories you probably left with are worth, are worth the time enough there. But I got to ask you, like, and I don't know if you were joking or not, but you said you might be the last North American referee to be over there. I mean, is that something that, you know, if a guy that maybe is thinking about it, do you, when they ask you about it, I mean, is that, is that a real issue for the KHL if they want to try and bring in more North American guys? Is it, was it, you know, is it going to be a challenge for them moving no, forward? I, you know what, like I've, I've seen it and other guys could, would confirm the fact that 
there's been other guys from other countries, right, that have, have skated in the league and they've maybe lasted a season, right? So mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know what, it's a grind. And and you really like, you know, some of the guys that have been there that are good guys, you know, there's a couple of there's a ref there from the Czech that there's actually two Czechs. You know, Martin Frano's over there. He He's done well, but he's also he's a smart, savvy guy where he communicates in Russian, right? So I'm sure that makes it easier for him. Um, when I was there, there was another another Finnish ref, Antti Bowman. He was there for a season, but he only lasted a season, right? So I, you almost kind of see a trend, right? Like, you ever a shot, you see how it is. And, and not that I'm saying it's bad by any means, but it, it's just, there's got to, there's so much of a buy-in to, 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 to really be successful. Mm-hmm. And it's on both sides, right? Like if I had to do over, like maybe I, I would have been a little bit more prepared with maybe, you know, being able to learn some Russian phrases to get around and stuff. And, you know, no different than any other league, right? You got some new guys that break in. Maybe, maybe you got to earn your way. Right. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, a couple guys, they weren't as friendly as, as, you know, or a good teammate to me as maybe they wanted to be because, Maybe I was taking one of the guys' job, right? Like some of the guys, you know, their American League over there is a VHL. So I know those guys are, are really, you know, pumping hard trying to, trying to move up, right? Cause you want to earn that prestige. You want to earn that money. And I just remember a couple guys just being real dinks to me. And I'm like, well, you know what? You guys invited me here. Like I never was like laying, you know, at home at night in bed, like all dreaming about coming to, coming to Russia, right? Or, me getting lost in Siberia, right? So it was, it was one of those things where I think if, if you're prepared, you can make it work. And they certainly help to a certain extent, but I think the track record kind of shows that, um, you know, you really need to be invested yourself, whether it's the language and this and that, uh, coming over there. Because they're certainly like, hey, I, I don't think they're going to bend over backwards or, or try to make any concessions for, not only myself, but other guys like there's been, they've, there's been a lot of guys that have come and gone and, and maybe have spent, you know, longer than three months, maybe a season or half a season. And it's just a grind, man. And I mean, that's, that's why I give those guys all the credit in the world, because if they can do that, you know, it's a little different, you know, flying to Vegas on a game day, as opposed to, you know, going to Sochi or, or flying to over to, you know, Kunlun Red Star or whatever, right. And being on the plane for, Christ, you know, 16 hours, right? So yeah. I, I, I think it just gives you perspective in the fact that those guys work their tail off and, and they earn everything they have, right? And I get it. I, I just, you know, as I said before, right, it's important to be a good teammate. I just maybe some guys saw me as maybe taking a shortcut there. I didn't think that was the case, but, you know, maybe they felt that way because some of their other, you know, their brothers, right, are, are working hard in the minors and I kind of got elevated, right? I guess it's no different than, you know, whether Marcus Vinterberg came over to the NHL, and I'm sure our guys that were either working major junior or ECHL American League, everyone felt the same way, right? Like, it's just kind of like, hey, why is this guy passed over? Guys have done Kelly Cups, you know, like, what what do I need to do to, to try to get that opportunity, right? And obviously, you know, they look at people like that, and they kind of, you know, it rubs them the wrong way. You know, nothing against Evgeny or Marcus or those guys, like, they deserve to be over here. Maybe maybe they could have got a, a better shot if they were here longer or, or maybe it was a little bit of a different opportunity. But um, I certainly can empathize with, with what they went through. And, you know, I it makes me appreciate that opportunity that much more 
because like I said, I the guys are like, Hey, what do you think? Do you think I could go over there? I'm like, You could go over there, but I, I can't promise you success. You could be the best referee in the world, but you know, there's so many other factors that go into it. Uh, other than you just being on the ice and skating sixty minutes a night. I mean that's pretty much your only normalcy. You know, everything else is upside down where ordering food and getting rides and cabs and, and getting around, right? Like everything is just such a grind. Everything's so much more magnified. It was tougher, I think, away from the rink than it was at the rink to, to do my job. And coming back, obviously you, you finished over there, you came back here, and now uh, in addition to being on the ice, you, you're also a manager of officiating with the NAHL, correct? Like, talk about you know making that uh, transition and maybe you know what do you look for in in, in the guys that you manage now and you know uh, you know maybe talk about your role a little bit uh, with with that league yeah no uh, you know I feel very fortunate just was uh, recently named director of officiating for both the, the North American Hockey League and the, and the NA3 which for your Canadian listeners is, is essentially junior B um, hockey and and we're a part of uh, obviously the USA hockey's officiating development program so Scott Zelkin oversees, you know, the, the USHL, and, you know, we have Andy McElman, who's in charge of the Southern Pro Hockey League, and kind of one big family, right? And we, we try to basically get guys into the entry point of, of Tier 3 or Junior B Hockey, and you work your way up from there up to the Tier 2, and obviously USHL and the Meyer Pro stuff to the ECHL and, and, uh, and American League. And, uh, you know, this, this upcoming season is our 20th year in existence. And it was a place, obviously, I said earlier, where, you know, I, I grew and learned as an official, and uh, I, I take a lot of pride in, in being from there. And now I have the opportunity to, to, to kind of be in charge now and and kind of kind of do my own thing. And, you know, I'm excited at the fact I think a lot of guys um, respect kind of my background and know that I'm going to be fair with them and I'm going to be a straight shooter. I, I really am looking – looking for athletes, right? No different than what the National League's doing now. And, you know, obviously they've, they've taken their, their hiring practice and they've kind of tweaked it in a way where, where they're hiring former players and mm-hmm. turning them into officials. And I know some guys, you know, truly aren't crazy about it. And, and me, honestly, at first, I, I wasn't either, right? Because some of my, my, my guys, my brothers that I've been skating with, you know, they were the guys that were up and down the highway of the ECHL and, and, uh, and the American League and trying to earn their way, you know, and, and they, they're bringing these guys in. And uh, the thing I've learned is, is that I understand what they're trying to do. Our game is so fast now. It's so, you know, so good now with the four official system that, that we truly need athletes. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Some of those guys may be just coming off the ice. And, and you know what? I, I, I had a conversation the other day with, without Kimmel, who's Stephen Wacom's right-hand man. And, you know, I get it. I, I understand what they're looking at. They're looking for athletes. They're looking for guys that can skate, that look the part on the ice. And, and, I, and I understand it. And, you know, like I said at times, I, always, I haven't always agreed with it. But me being now in a, in a position where I'm out actively recruiting and looking for the best officials possible, I understand that. And then, like I said to Al the other day, I said, you know, there, there's no reason why we can't work together to be able to put you know, some of these former players in the tier two hockey, in the junior hockey. Cause I, I, I think junior hockey is a little bit more of a forgiving place to learn uh, a, a place where you can grow as a person, as an official. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the majority of the time they're putting guys in the American league and it truly takes some of the guys 
a, a while to get comfortable. And, you know, you're certainly, they're, they're leaning on some veteran guys like myself and other guys that, you know, at times it, it can be a challenge for us because we're essentially working a modified three-man system, if you think about it. And some of the guys I give credit, some of the guys are getting better, no doubt about it, right? Some of the guys are picking it up. Um, some of the guys don't. And, and it's my goal, like I said to Al, I said, you know what, at the end of the day, I understand what you're trying to do, but for me, selfishly, if we can get some of those guys, okay, and we can train them properly and, and get them into junior hockey and move them up, maybe a little sl- a little slower than what they're trying to do, maybe that guy, he gets that chance at the American League level or the National League level, and he's going to be that much more prepared and that, that much more ready. Whereas the other thing where maybe a couple of these guys, they go straight to the American League and they kind of wash out, do you truly think they're going to referee any type of minor hockey or anything when they go back home. Like I, I, I me personally, I, I don't, you know, some of the guys, maybe it's an all or thing and that's fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think we all know that our desperately need officials and they need people that are passionate and that want to get back to the game and have an opportunity to grow. And, you know, for me, I, I think it's a win-win if, if we get some of those guys in our system to be able to, to let them nurture and let them get better over time. Whereas, you know, you hit the gas pedal, like some guys are going to get it. I get that. But some guys aren't. And uh, me, I'd like to retain some of these guys because, you know what, maybe the guy doesn't make it to the National League, but maybe he's going to be a darn good college referee. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's going to be a good junior, major junior referee. Like, I think those are all possibilities. But I, I think at this point in our game, whether it's Canada or the U.S. or anywhere around the world, we need officials bad. Like, it's you know, the game continues to grow on the player's side, leaps and bounds, mm-hmm. and, and we seem to trail that that, that statistic, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I'm open to, you know, a kid comes up to me and says, I want to skate for you. You know, I've been a referee for 13 years. And they, Absolutely, that's great. Um, or I got a guy that just got off the ice. He played Division One in the Atlantic League. He goes, hey, Keith, I want to skate. I want to learn the game. I, I, I'm, willing, I'm willing to give this a shot you know what, I'm going to give him an opportunity, right? Because he's bringing a set of intangibles that maybe that 13-year referee doesn't have, right? The guy's in shape, he skates well, and, you know, he's kind of been on a regimented path where he's been with a team and, you know, he's had no choice, right? They have, they've had mandatory workouts, you know? He, mm-hmm. he can fly around the ice. You know, maybe we can impart some wisdom and some knowledge to him that, that is going to make him a better referee. But I think probably we're going to offer him a better environment if he's going to make mistakes, that he doesn't have million-dollar prospects and maybe a guy blows a wheel or he missed something or a guy gets hammered in the end boards mm-hmm. and the next thing, you know, the Maple Leafs are losing, you know, one of their prospects, right, that's playing for the Marlins. So, you know, I, I've grown to understand what they're trying to do. Um, I, I think, you know, me personally, we're trying to have a better partnership because I think the better we get along and, and the better we help each other, it's going to help everyone in the long run and it's going to help that first-year guy and it's going to help that 13-year guy, right? It's going to give them an opportunity. But uh, for me, you know what, I, I look forward to the, the chance I've been going around now to camps, um, just basically giving presentations and, and just selling on what I'm trying to do as, as an officiating manager and as a coach. And, you know, we have 24 member teams in the North American League. And I, I said in our coaches meeting a couple of weeks ago, I said, we're the 2015. I said, uh, you know, we're, we're a part of this league. It's a partnership. I think sometimes coaches and the general managers and the owners in that league didn't feel that, you know, we really care, right? When you say, oh, these guys are developing, and sometimes they think, well, develop, when I use the word develop, it's like, ah, whatever, you made a mistake. Where it's, you know, absolutely, we have accountability, and, you know, I want to make our guys better. That's all I want to do, and I'm a straight shooter, 
you know what, if a guy's struggling, like I'm going to pull him aside and say, hey, let's let's try to figure out what's going on here, whether it's positioning, whether it's your judgment, how's your communication, like there's all little different things that, that equal that, that perfect referee, right? That guy, that ideal guy that leagues and teams look at and you're like, hey, he's that Wes McCauley, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to skate that game seven or, or whoever it is, right? He's that guy that escaped game seven of the Calder Cup finals or whatever league, right? Whether it's the RBC Cup or, 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 or our tier two stuff or the Clark Cup in the U.S. Like, you want to be that guy. So it's, it's, it's incumbent on me to find those individuals and, and basically foster that, that growth, right? And it's, it's being that communicator, being a good teammate. And, you know, uh, the most important thing is I get a lot of guys like, you know, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this. And I'm like, well, that, that's great. But at the end of the day, it's not so much what you're telling me. It's what are you doing behind the scenes? What are you doing when no one's watching? And, and that's what shows up on the ice night in and night out, right? I, you know, I said that before to somebody. I said, you know, I can tell you I, I'm going to do this and I'm doing that. And I'm in the gym and this and that. At the end of the day, when, when that when that puck drops, that's that's when your body of work really takes place. That's where it's important, right? And that's that's why I'm looking for athletes. That's why I kind of share the same vision with what the National League is doing. And it's no different than what I, I'm sure the college leagues are doing now too. Like everyone is looking for athletes because the game continues to get faster, continues to get better. And, uh, you know, that's what we need, man. Like, it's, it's an important thing. And, you know, I'm sure there's some guys that don't agree, right, that have been lifelong referees. Um, you know, I look at it like this. If, if I was in their position, right, if I'm a prospect and I'm coming up and I've solely been officiating, like, I have to look in the mirror and be like, what can I do better that's going to basically make myself stand out? You know, and it's whether it's, it's being in the gym more, it's, it's working with a personal trainer, it's, it's skating, right? It's power skating in the summer. It's, it's doing all those little things that I know aren't aren't always fun, right? And aren't always everyone's favorite. But mm-hmm. you know, those are the things that that's going to separate you from the next guy, right? So, I mean, that's my message to my guys, right? It's either we embrace it and really try to put your best foot forward, your best skate forward, or we can kind of just fold your cards and and you can go home. But at the end of the day, we need good officials at every level, you know. And, I think that's the key, right? The, our, our officiating development program, we're not just in business to develop National Hockey League guys. That'd be great. But at the end of the day, if you look at, at rosters around the country, right, of all the different leagues, we've had guys skate the Frozen Four for NC2A this year. We had guys in the ECHL final. We had guys in the American League final. In every league, someone is represented because they came through our program. And I'm not saying that it was the end-all, be-all, like all the credit goes to the ODP. But I think we're pretty proud of the guys that have graduated from our program, the guys that continue to skate and continue to battle and try to put themselves out as prospects and get those opportunities because I think they realize, hey, this is something tangible and I'm going to chase it. But also, you know what, realize, hey, I have a backup plan because, you know what, they're going to sign who they want to sign. They're going to take that top one percentile and you really better be the best guy at the best time. And quite frankly, no different than myself or other guys. Certain guys at certain times are hired, right? And mm-hmm. it could be geographical. It could be whatever it is. You know what? At the end of the day, I know that I gave my best as an official. And you know what? I came up short. But I've had so many amazing, wonderful memories and opportunities that this game gave to me that otherwise, you know, I, I – 
I traveled around the world on someone else's dime. Are you kidding me? Like I travel around the country on someone else's dime. And I, you know, I, I try to share that passion with, with the officials, right? And, and you know, regardless of whatever happens at the end of the day, that they embrace their, their experience. Cause I'm telling you what, when you, when you get the chance to step out on the ice, whether it's a seven o'clock game or what, it sure as heck beats working nine to five, right? So, you know, I, I have zero complaints, man. I've been truly, truly blessed. And I'm thankful for everyone that's helped me along the way. And it's really, you know, I, I'm embracing this new position because I, I'm passionate about the game and I'm passionate about making our league better and, and having a partnership with the teams and the coaches and the players, um, you know, on a game to game basis. Cause I really think we got a good group of guys. We got some good prospects that are coming up and I think we can give them the tool to be successful. And I, I really look forward to that. No, Keith, uh, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, I guess uh, I'll let you enjoy the rest of your of your summer evening here, but I want to thank you first and foremost for taking the time to talk with us. And certainly, I think for any listener out there, there is a ton of wisdom that, that you've, I guess, you know, told us today and a lot of great experiences that you have. And certainly for our American listeners especially that are coming up through the ranks, there's a very good chance I'm sure you'll be running into Keith somewhere along the lines and i'm sure that this will be a really good learning experience for you guys so again thank you very much for your time keith and as much as there was a ton of wisdom in that i would ask you maybe do you have a little bit of uh parting wisdom uh one last uh memento for the listeners out there i you know what uh thanks first and foremost thanks for having me on i appreciate it i think this is a, a cool thing you're doing kind of giving guys an insight right behind the scenes whether it's myself or Jamie Koharski, and there's a lot of guys that have a wide range of experiences like myself. So uh, thank you for, for uh, just getting that awareness out, right? Whether it's you're skating major junior up up north or, you know, you're skating here in the States, right? I think the biggest thing is just to believe in the process, right? And I, I know at times that's difficult. I know there's, at times there's mixed messages and, and guys feel maybe the best guys always get hired. And I, I understand that. Hey, I was there and, you know, I – for me, it's it's about setting our guys up for success, right? And it's 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 about giving them every tool and everything that I had, and then more to be ready and be prepared for whatever happens during during the games during the season, right? And I just tell the guys, you know, em, embrace the journey, right? I mean, I think I think there's a hockey uh, officiating company that 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 uses that as their model, right? And embrace the journey, embrace the challenge, and um, you know, I have some lifelong friends that have come from this business and. Uh, I am truly blessed to be able to do, you know, what I do now. And um, that all came from officiating, right? And mm-hmm. trust me, if you would have saw me in my first game, I don't think I would have made it to Russia. <laughs> I don't think I would have made it anywhere. Right? That was terrible. But yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was a process, right? And uh, I, I think to all the listeners out there, man, just, you know what? Trust yourself. Give your give yourself an opportunity, man. It, you know, truly, I know it's, it's a tough business, regardless of the level, whether it's junior or minor pro or what have you, or college, like, but if you truly love it, stick with it, and, and good things are going to happen, man. But if you're a good teammate and someone that handles their business both on and off the ice, you're going to have success. It's it's not always easy, but I'm telling you what, at the end of the day, it, it can be pretty rewarding. And, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate, man. I, I, I wake up every day, and I'm lucky to, to have this job and, and to be able to, you know, do what I've done over the past. And uh, I don't take any of this for granted. So, uh, you know, I, I wish – all the guys that listen to this, ain't nothing but the best. And uh, obviously, if you run into me, if there's anything I can do for anyone, you know what? I'd, I'd be more than happy to 
to work with anyone or to have anyone come on staff, whether U.S., Canadian. I'd even take a couple Russians, too. So it doesn't matter, man. I'll, uh, we'll take, we need all the officials we can get, man. It doesn't matter your country or your heritage, man. So, uh, no, it's good talking to you. And uh, now keep up the good work, man. I enjoy listening to this. And uh, hopefully we can get on again sometime.